Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. I'm Robert Rutherford. And I'm Andrew Orvidal. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Wednesday of every month at the Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. These stories were recorded live on September 17th, 2014. The theme of the evening was schooled. Your first storyteller, she's a favorite of the show. She's done the show a number of times, and she's also an amazing comedian. Uh, she runs her own show called Moxie, uh, which is a lot of fun if you ever get a chance to check that out. There's a few different versions of it. There's like a talent show and a, and a variety show. Please welcome Mara Wiles. So I'm going to tell a story about being schooled. Uh, I'm out of school, if you can believe it. <laughs> Thank you for thinking that. I am wearing something from eighth grade, though, so bear with me. <laughs> Doesn't quite fit my ample bosom as I grow into a woman. Didn't quite then either. Uh, go with what you have. Uh, so I, I've always been, and I'm not trying to brag, good at school. Not great at school, never bad at school, but always good at school. Like, decent in classes, never that much of a, like my one, like when I got in troubles for raising my hand and talking at the same time. So, too eager, I guess. Uh, I mean, but I could always, I got it. It wasn't hard for me. I never got in trouble. I didn't see the point in trying to like, I don't care about these adults. Who are they to me? Uh, I'm not going to stir anything up. I've got parents at home. I've got to not talk to <laughs> that much. Uh, so I just kind of understood it, and I think th the biggest lesson I ever received from school, or that I kind of thought that I really gained the most from uh, in life in general, is the social aspect. Like, I'm great with people. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, super with people. Always have had a lot of friends. I mean, I'm really not trying to brag, but I am bragging. I've never known true loneliness. And... I did move as a kid quite a bit. I mean, you go from Asheville, North Carolina to Wheat Ridge, Wheat Ridge Colorado, you've got to adjust. I was in a Catholic school for the first time. I don't even, I couldn't tell you the rosary. Is she a nice lady? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I, pl I planned it. I played it real cool. Um, but you got, and I adapted well, and I always had some version of a friend. You know, if a girl rode horses and I thought it was weird, I kept it to myself. Uh, you know? We're all growing. So I'd often be fine in that arena. So as a small youth, uh, I was born in Maryland. No, I'm not named after it. Uh, we, my parents got separated. My mom, we all moved into my aunt's basement in Asheville, North Carolina for, three, for a year. We all shared a bedroom. That was fun, like a TV show, pretty cool. Uh, parents got back together again, because you know, Jack and Diane was a song and they lived by it. And <laughs> then from back to DC, uh, got a new job here to Colorado. So that was all in the period of like two years. So uh, people ask me why I'm a comic. It was probably because of that period in my life. Uh, I, I, I just, you had to, Asheville, North Carolina, D DC, and there's different, they're different places. Uh, if you've never looked at a map, not a neighborhood in DC. Uh, so here in Colorado, uh, I think the biggest thing I ever learned was kids do not play fair all the time. Uh, like I got, I got here in fourth grade. I got here late because my family went on vacation because we didn't, we don't care about your rules out here, you crazy Westerners. Like 
if we don't abide by them. Uh, so we were two weeks late. My name is Mara, M-A-R-A. People were baffled. The name was on the desk, how they'd always put your name on the desk. And they're like, is it a boy or is it a girl? <laughs> Where is she from? I mean, new kid, Allure, out the wazoo. Uh, come in, looking fly as, you know, frick. Uh, Self-edited, thank you. Uh, coming in. So I was like a new kid on town, you know, new kid in town. So I, I made friends pretty quickly from with the coolest girl in the other class. I hadn't even met her. She called me to invite her to a birthday party. And we were best friends after that. Yeah, talk about social climbing, right? I have a book, a pamphlet, really. It's in the back. Um, Kristen Petzold was her name, nicknamed Taz, okay? This is 1996, guys. Ombro was king. His queen was soccer. Bangs were at their all-time high. People liked flannel. And sometimes you wore them all together as an outfit. And I did that a lot. And I was friends with Kristen. She was queen bee, had the biggest bangs. Uh, that's the show of power. And then <laughs> Kim Brenner, her and I, we talked about ghost stories all the time. Other best friend went to Matsalon with her family, okay? Uh, Leanne Foster, don't know where she is now. Jenna Sather, she was a gymnast, don't know where she is now. Uh, Kathleen Sharp, pregnant. Um, <laughs> but it's really Kim and, Kim and Kristen I'm going to focus on because I met them. Things were going great. I was taken into the fold. I felt they were cool. They all played soccer. That was something I didn't know existed until I moved here. Uh, same with Mormonism. That's a new thing to me as well. I mean, I get it now, but before I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, more, isn't it just Irish Catholic families everywhere fighting? Is it just... Okay, fine. You all smile too much for my liking, but fine, I get it now. Uh, so fifth grade, there's an election coming up, okay? It's called... Uh, well, let me take a step back. Junior Achievement. Have you ever heard of that organization? Yeah. A couple people have done it. You partaked. I appreciate that. Uh, it runs like a fake... It's, it runs a day. They teach you about like checking accounts and like how to write your name on a check which I still, that never, you know, stuck. Um, but they do, like, all these basic things to teach you how to be a human in the world. And then at the end of it, you do your own day in society, like a little city. Uh, and you had, like, jobs, like, you know, bank clerks, you know, for the kids who, you know, <laughs> those kids, you know. And then you just apply, and you got it, you know, college counselor, or a lady at the restaurant. And then you could run for judge and mayor. And they called this little town... Ameritown, okay? To me, that was just like, what? My name? In big lights? <laughs> Told my friends, I always saw myself as a bit of a, a politico, okay? East Coast flavor here in Colorado, here to shake things up. So I told my two best friends, Kim and Kristen, I was going to run for mayor of Ameritown. And I'd go by the election slogan, Mara for mayor of Ameritown. And also, <clears throat> always Mara Wiles. It was when that Coca-Cola commercial was very popular. <laughs> I branded myself with a winner, okay? So the election, that's what I said. I told my friends, oh, looky, looky, Kristen wants to also run. And Kim also, too, wants to run. <laughs> if you guys didn't know this, fifth grade can be a lot like House of Cards, Okay. <laughs> Two Senator Frank Underwoods who haven't even had their periods yet. That is intense. <laughs> they turned on me faster than I can remember, okay? 
I don't even remember when things went bad. I went from one day, we're all fine, in our ombros, chillaxing, <laughs> eating a go-gurt, <laughs> noshing on a koala bear. I don't remember those names, but they've got chocolate in them. Uh, the next day, I remember calling him to play. And they were at, both at the same house. Conference phoned me in. And I said, hey, can I come over? No. Look, oh, you guys breaking up for the day? No, we just don't like you anymore. Click. And it's because Nikki Ryder, you, you guys don't know her, but I did. My arch nemesis <laughs> was spreading dirty rumors that I was running a dirty campaign. I don't even know, I don't even know what the rumors were. I was lying to people about, you know, Kristen's uh, tax laws and uh, <laughs> Kim's stance on abortion. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Uh, I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't even, I'd never been caught in like a mean girl circle before, ever. <sighs> so the election day comes. Things are, you know, I feel battered. I feel like Dukakis. I'm going to check that reference when I leave. Um, <laughs> the teacher selects the judge. Judges calling notes. Good work for you, man. Good job. The mayor of Ameritown. Oh, my God, it's Mayor Wiles, everybody. People cheer. Yeah, people cheer. People go nuts for the underdog. It was a dirty campaign. She always held her head high, never, never did any slander or anything like that. And I ran that town, that fake town that meant nothing, for eight hours. And I'll tell you what the hard-earned duty that cost me two best friends was. Got to walk around to the bank and say, hello. And oh, things going here good at the college? Okay, all right, the restaurant working all right? Sounds good. All right, I'm going to loop around again and go to the bank. I was one of the greatest mayors that town had ever seen. Because um, I was of the people. Because uh, people like me and I like people. And even if Kim and Kristen hadn't had their periods yet, they were just figuring out how to, to establish dominance, which they failed at because, again, I won. Um, <laughs> after that, I was putting in a different sixth grade class. I don't think anyone like called anybody, but it just happened that way. I don't think my mom, she didn't, she didn't do that kind of stuff. Nobody cared. But I was just in a different class, you know? And I didn't see them anymore. And then eighth grade, a couple years later, Kristen and I reconnect. Kim, I think she has a drug problem now, but Kristen and I got together. And she's still one of the friends I see on a very regular basis. She's got four children. And she's now Mormon, which I do know what that means. Uh, and I learned that in schooled. <laughs> Great big closer. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for coming tonight. I'm going to clap, clap for everybody. Mara Wiles. You don't have to fit the, the theme in. That's, that's All right, your next storyteller, totally brand new to the show. If any of you would ever like to do the show, talk to us after the show or find us on our Facebook page. Uh, he's a writer and a Colorado native. Please welcome, uh, I can't remember, Sylvester McKelvey. No! Skylar McKelvey. Yeah! 
I am Sylvester Malkelvey. Uh, but my family and, and everyone else that I ever met called me Skylar, so you guys should too. Um, <laughs> on the day that I was born, um, and additionally, kind of every single day since then, um, I've had this kind of obsession with hero stories, right? Um, and I, my whole life through, have just consumed any hero story I can get my hands on, super or otherwise. Um, and there was something almost scholarly about my obsession with this type of tale, this monomyth. Right? Um, and so today, um, I thought that I would tell you guys a little bit of a story about the first time in my life that I think I started to catch a glimpse of what it was that I have been pouring over these stories again and again for, that kind of ingot of value that I was searching for, that takeaway that I needed. Um, so this is a story that takes place when I was about seven years old. Um, and I'm on recess uh, at Catholic school, you know, and I'm running around in my little uniform and stuff. And I'm playing with all my friends, and I always would talk my friends into playing some kind of hero game with me. And this takes place in the 90s, so that means we were either always playing The X-Files or X-Men. It was a 90s thing. We liked X's. Um, <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure on this particular day we were playing X-Men, and, you know, I was Wolverine because hell yeah, and... I remember I was like running towards the, the playground, you know, the side of this play structure, and I was like chasing Magneto, and I had my claws out, and I was going to do some justice or something. I don't know what you do when you're Wolverine. Um, and I started climbing up the side of this play structure, and I kind of became aware that off behind me across the playground, there was something going on. There was some kind of commotion. So I'm kind of climb up to the top, and I turn around, and I'm watching. And my friends continue on. I can hear them playing. You know, they're making battle sounds and shooting lasers out of their eyes or whatever. Um, and there's this girl who's in my class. Um, and she's getting shoved around. And she's getting bullied by this kid who's just the worst. Um, and he was a few grades ahead of us and about twice our size and was always just messing with everybody. And, uh, you know, I'd seen him kind of pick on a few people before, and it had always bothered me. Um, but it always just kind of flew under the radar, I guess. But something about this day was very different and very special, and I think it maybe was that dose of lunchtime heroism. And I, you know, something changed inside me. And so I'm watching this girl uh, getting bullied across the playground from high atop this, this play structure, you know, like I'm looking down from the rooftops or something. Uh, and simultaneously, I can hear my friends, and they're kind of calling to me, you know, they're like, help us, Wolverine, you know. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, hurry! Um, <laughs> and I hear, I hear them calling back to me, and I see this girl getting bullied, and I just say, no. And like a hero would, um, I climb down, back down the play structure, and I leave my friends behind. And I walk across the playground, and I'm kind of like swaggering across the playground to this guy. And I have no idea what I'm going to do, because he's twice my size. You know, I'm seven years old, and I don't have Wolverine claws or anything. Um, but I have this idea that if I can get his attention, that I can kind of redirect his misspent wrath and kind of draw him away and get her out of the line of fire. Like, if I can get him to turn his bully beams at me, you know, maybe I can bear them instead. Um, and the best way I can think of to do that is to try to just piss him off and then run like hell. Um, so I decide that's what I'm going to do, and I, as I'm swaggering up, just looking so confident for this little dude, you know, in a way that only kids really can, I think. Um, I seize upon this line that's from this movie that I really liked at the time. Totally inappropriate line for the situation, but I knew it would make him mad. Uh, and the movie was The Three Amigos, so 
And if you haven't seen The Three Amigos, that's probably okay. You might still live a rich life, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so I walk up, you know, and uh, first I have to set the tone. So I look at him, and he already is kind of like, what is going on over here? And I reach down, and I pull out my finger gun just to let everybody know that things had gotten deadly serious. Okay. And I point my finger gun up at him. He's like this tall. And I look him right in the eye, and I say, leave her alone, or I will pump you so full of lead you could use your dick as a pencil. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. <laughs> and then I take off running, because I can already see this what happening on his face. Um, and, you know, I've got, like, stubby little boy legs, and, and I'm fueled by sugar, so I beat him off the start line, and I'm halfway across the playground, but he's got these long adolescent strides, and so he's, he's going to run me down soon enough, and we both know it. Um, and so it's kind of fortunate for me, I think, that this takes place at a Catholic school, because little boy running like a madman across the playground at recess, not a big deal. Um, little boy running across the playground at recess, being chased by a much bigger boy, you know, with an angry face. That gets the attention of, like, eight nuns all at once. Uh, three of whom weren't even in the area. They just sensed that something was happening. <laughs> something that the Holy Ghost wouldn't like, you know. Um, and so I'm running and I'm running, and of course he just catches up to me in no time, but we're far away from the girl and anybody else, and I, I already know that, that I've kind of, you know, I've done what I meant to do, and I don't know what's about to happen next, but it doesn't really matter. And he catches up to me, and he grabs me on his shoulder and just kind of throws me to the ground. And I am riding high on this adrenaline rush, and uh, I'm kind of giddy with the exhilaration of what I've just done. Uh, and I'm also seven, so I genuinely like that line about using your dick as a pencil. <laughs> it just cracks me up. So I'm laughing. I'm laughing, not, you know, like a sane person, but I'm kind of laughing hysterically on the ground as he's, he uh, throws me down, and he pins me. He puts his hand on my chest and just holds me down, and he gets that hand up, and he's about to bring the hammer down, boy. And this whistle just cuts through the situation, you know. And he freezes because he knows that the nuns are already on their way. He's like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And his face kind of falls. And that fist just kind of falls. And it's done. And so I'm on the ground laughing still. And I'm looking into his eyes. And he's not laughing. And I know, and I know that he knows that I won the second I walked up to him. So, not only is that the story of how I took that fool to school, uh, but it's also the story of the first time that I kind of caught that, that shininess about the hero story, right? Uh, and that I learned and kind of taught myself that, in a manner of speaking, uh, it's better to be the, the laughing idiot pinned to the ground beneath the bully uh, than the kid who sees the trouble and just kind of keeps on going. Thank you very much. Skylar McKelvey. Skylar McKelvey. The Narrator's Podcast is recorded and produced by Ron Doyle. The Narrator's Podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. 
The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy. Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza at either of their locations in Capitol Hill or Old South Pearl, or on their website, sexypizzaonline.com. And finally, by the internet superheroes at Commerce Kitchen, who provide internet marketing solutions and search engine optimization for all your e-commerce needs. Check them out at commercekitchen.com. For more information about the narrators and to listen to past episodes, go to thenarratorspodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs>